technically f1 podcast i'm here in the studio with rashab yeah we're still not in person together why is that i don't know but today we've got quite an episode uh quite an exciting one for you rashab what shall we start with belgium probably all righty uh there there was a race we took quite a break but um there was a race and um or, or, or was it a race well you decide was it a race i think we'll let hamilton decide I think, I think he, he probably said we would say no, not a race. He apparently is wanting to refund all the fans. Um, seems quite expensive. Yeah, well, it does make sense. There was no race. Yeah. They just had to stand around for three hours during a red flag. Yeah, it was a shame for them. Although, apparently, they were allowed to watch the Porsche Super Cup race the next day, which is it's not really compensation, but it's, it's an option. Yeah, you got stiff from a Formula One race, but you can watch some Porsches go around the track. That's that's pretty. I mean, it's not great. You're paying for Formula One, so you expect Formula One. I mean, for the same price of a Formula One ticket, some of those people paid for it. You could probably come to America, watch an Indy car race, and like go back to wherever. You have a point. Belgium is pretty expensive, from what I've heard. To go yeah, there, it's a big race. Yeah. The cheapest race on the calendar to go to, obviously, it didn't happen this year. It's the, the Chinese Grand Prix. Tickets there are very uh, reasonable. But, yeah, I hear Belgium's up there with Monaco and Singapore's. So, quite high. Is Azerbaijan expensive? I think it's somewhere in the middle. It's sort of around the British Grand Prix. Reasonable for a Formula One race, but still somewhat expensive. British, the British GP is way better than, like, I mean. Yeah, if you could choose to go to Azerbaijan or England, I think I'd choose to go to the British Grand Prix. But then again, it's a pretty cool city, Baku. I mean, there's all sorts of things you can do. Visit the tall buildings. Visit the tall buildings. Watch the race and visit the tall buildings. Is that it? Well, no, you can walk the course that the race is on, and you can pretend to be the Grand Tour and drive up and down the main straight of the track. Mm. Where Jeremy Clarkson famously spun an Aston Martin. I guess I remember that. It was a white DBS, wasn't it? Yeah, and for some reason, he said the DBS wasn't worth the money. I can't imagine why. I like the I DBS. Mean, yeah, but the DB11 is probably worth, worth the money that it costs. In my opinion, the DB11 is probably better value because mm-hmm. it is 70,000 pounds more, the DBS. Mm. Yeah, I was trying to say that, but it just, I don't know, it just didn't come out that way. Yeah. Well, speaking of value, shall we talk about Robin Hood's share price? Sure, go ahead. All right, so I was looking at this before the show because I'm somewhat interested in stocks. I can pretend that I'm interested. Um, and for those who don't know, Robinhood is a stock uh, trading app where essentially anyone can go and buy bits or piece uh, the, even a full stock uh, and trade it. 
great little thing for people who are getting into stocks and they don't know how to do it. Great. Um, but they've been getting into some trouble with the SEC recently, and they uh, the SEC made some big announcements today, and that actually tanked their share prices. So if you're investing in Robinhood itself, uh, be careful, because now's the time to buy, but not the time to sell. And um, uh, also, they just like recently went public, so to the yeah, it's a shame for them because that's two big things from the SEC right as they go public. Should have waited a bit, but then again, I guess they couldn't predict the timing. Anyway, shall we press on with the Belgian and Hungarian Grand Prix? I guess we should talk about Hungary. I think Ocon won that one. Ocon won the race. I think mainly because Alonso held him up. Or uh, Hamilton up. But I'd also just like to say that start line crash was ridiculous. And Verstappen was essentially had half of his car downforce removed in 10 seconds by Valtteri bowling Bottas. It's just, it's too many mistakes from Bottas. We need better nicknames for Bottas, I guess, but it's just, it's painful to watch. It was, at the time at least, it looked as though Verstappen's championship hopes were being thrown away by the driver, or a driver that wasn't even him. If I mean, he be won one that th- race, he would he would be ahead now. Uh, Verstappen? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he would be. It's a shame that he didn't. I mean, he didn't even get close. He was barely in the points, and that was only thanks to um the disqualification of Vettel. Which, by the way, that was a weird thing. He didn't have enough fuel in the car or something. But the funny thing about that was, at one point, uh, the team said he did have enough fuel in the car. Didn't they say something about not being able to have enough fuel for a sample or something? Yes, they said apparently – here, I'll read the statement. There's enough fuel in the car uh, to be used for the sample. However, we can't extract it. <laughs> it sounds as though they don't have the fuel. Hmm. When Kimmy also finished in the points in that race, if I'm looking back through there. But in qualifying, Red Bull wasn't on pole, which is – odd because it was in the dry Verstappen is fastest in qualifying and the Red Bull car is fastest in qualifying and if they lose places in the race it's because the car isn't set up for a race so they must have tried to risk it for race strategy obviously it was a wet race so it just work out and Hamilton now to pull with Bottas in second front row lockout for Mercedes which is odd these days Honestly, it'd be nice if Bottas would just take out Hamilton and just stop there. Yeah, it'd be great. I mean, imagine how convenient that would be. That would be championship over for Princess Lulu. Uh, instead, no. He decides to take up all the other championship contenders. Anyways. I yeah, there's only one other championship contender. No, Paris could still be in it. Until he's mathematically close, though. Like, I mean... Until he's mathematically eliminated, he could still be in the championship fight. Because, I mean, he'd have to win, like, almost every race to get in, like, the top three. Or Verstappen could just DNF three races in a row like he did last year and then completely put himself. And then Hamilton could DNF five races in a row because of engine reliability. Just throwing it out there. Yeah, but it's it's very unlikely. It's highly unlikely. At this point, Norris is more likely to win the championship than Perez, which is saying something. 
Norris is at uh one thirteen, right? I believe so. Let me see here. And um, Verstappen's around two hundred. Verstappen's two hundred. Lando is one thirteen. Perez is one hundred four. Oh, I take that back. Perez is not winning this thing. Yeah, there's no chance. I feel like I said. Yeah, I think he has the potential for top three. Who Perez? Mm-hmm. Oh, he has to. If he doesn't get top three, then Rebels firing him. Red Bull second drivers may never really do. Amazing. What Verstappen can do. I guess that's the issue. Verstappen is just so good that no one can match up to him. But is he, though? I mean, he's not as good as Kimmy, and he's not in our top three, I don't think, is he? Uh, I don't think so, no. Not of all times. Um, no. Uh, yeah, man. Wait. Nah, it's not your fault. Massive glitches. Yeah. We're back, ladies and gentlemen. We're back again. This is the podcast software that we use and we pride ourselves on. We didn't make it. Anyways, um, let's move on. Shall we talk about Williams? Sure. They've got tons of points now, and I look like a colossal idiot. Uh, for those who remember, I said earlier in the season, maybe it wasn't on the podcast, that I would purchase a model of a Williams Formula 1 car if they got more than 10 points. They have 20 points now, and I am an idiot. So, I looked into models of their current car, and I called around a bit. Um, they're quite expensive. Mm-hmm. Take a price guess. I'm going to guess around 100 pounds. No. A little bit more. 200 pounds. A little bit less. Not much, though. 199 pounds. 180 euros. And that is with shipping. So that's nice then. But still. I'm guessing 100 euros of that is just shipping. No, no. Surprisingly, though, 30 euros for shipping from Germany. How big is it? Is it like it, a 1 100? No, it's, um, it's 118. So it's sort of big. I mean, for those who don't know model scaling, essentially you line up 18 in front and on top of each other, and you've got the actual uh, size of a model itself, a model car itself. It's quite simple. Um, Anyways, so, yeah, I don't know whether I'm going to be following through with that one. We'll see. Um, In two months' time, when I end up having this, uh, I'll show everyone. Anyways. Okay, let's just look this up. I just need to look this up. See, the thing is, right, it wasn't on their website, on anyone's website. Yeah. So it's the FW43, Williams FW43, in 1 to 18. Does that matter that much? Well, to me it does, because I have everything else in 1 to 18. No, I mean, does it have to be this year's? Oh, no, no, it could be last year's in theory. What about the 1975 Swedish Grand Prix one? I mean, it sounds cool. But it is from 1975. The Spark Williams FW. Ooh, I'm looking at an FW11B. That's very cool. 
Does it say Canon on the side? It does say Canon on the and side. And a Honda on top of that. Yeah. And then Goodyear above that. Oh, it's very nice. I'm looking at the FW14D, but that looks to be radically expensive. That's the famous one with the active suspension. Anyways. Oh, we'll have the... Um... Ooh, FW07B. That looks nice. Wait, there's one that's signed by Nigel Mansell. Um, oh, no way. That's going to be massively expensive. 143rd thing. Okay. It's 99 pounds, which means something's probably off. Yeah, it must not be Nigel Mansell, or the Nigel Mansell that we're thinking of. Maybe it's the Nigel Mansell that um, Richard Hammond had put on the front of his car. You know the one. <laughs> no, that's not... That's, that's, yeah, yeah, the Joseph Stalin Nigel Mansell, yes. that one. <laughs> no, but the way they did that was kind of funny. They destroyed an old statue. They destroyed an old statue, and they ruined the hood of a Bentley. I'm fairly sure they would get arrested. Well, I imagine... I don't know. They used a chainsaw. I mean, it's just not smart. He's a truck to pull it over or something. That'd be much faster. They did that with um, statues of themselves. Oh, yeah. Hammond's statue was tiny. (laughs) It was like a foot tall, maybe. Who was the one driving the Mercedes? I think it was Clarkson. I imagine it probably was, knowing him. Oh, no. It wasn't wasn't him. Was it May, maybe? I think it might have been May, but um, Clarkson said it was just a Nissan. It probably is. It was a pickup truck. Wait a minute. James May Mercedes pickup. No, no, no. It was Clarkson. Really? Or what? No, it looks to be May. I don't know. I don't know. But James May seems to have a bit of an affinity with Mercedes because he, um, he pulled some fish across Africa in one. That was an old, reliable Mercedes. I mean, you say reliable. It broke down a million and one times on the trip. Did he not fill it with water, though? He did. He filled the entire back with um, water. Not very smart. The inertia in that, though, like, how did it stop? Wouldn't the water be pushing it forward? I mean, I suppose that would only work if the water was contained. I wish I, it really wasn't. So it was in the back mind. seat of his car. It's not very contained. Yeah, and then it ended up splashing over out of the tank. And I imagine it probably destroyed the electronics. Oh, I mean, did it? It drove still. Yeah. No, I mean, like, you know, heater, uh, air conditioner, that sort of stuff. It didn't look like it. It looked like it was invented or built before those things were invented. No, it was that old, was it? It couldn't have been. I don't know. It had so much rust and stuff on it. That's a good point. But, I mean, you could have a 2020 Honda Civic that has rust on the bottom of it if you put it in enough water. If you just drive out on the East Coast during winter. Here, I'm going to look that up right now. Uh, Honda. Here we go. Look up the Mercedes-Benz X-Class. So that's the six truck then? 6 by 6 concept. Mercedes. Now, wait a minute. You're somebody who still doesn't like Mercedes very much. Is my correct in that assumption? Yeah, I prefer Brabus. Like, I mean, it's Mercedes, but it's tuned. Nice. Right. It's a bit faster. Mm-hmm. 
I especially love the Bratis 900. Okay. Um, what do you think of Beamer's new lineup, BMWs? I like the i4 or whatever they called it. The M4? Or no, no, not the, you couldn't possibly like the M4. Wait a minute. No, the i4, the electric version. Wait a minute, i4. I mean, I don't know like oh, it, it looks, but it's not, I mean, as a car, it's not bad. We'll have to give it a new name because it has the massive grill on it. And there's also, isn't there the X4 GT or something? That does interest me. These mini SUVs with lots of power. I think Porsche does it best, but BMW uh, could be a strong X6. second. X6 GT? Okay. X4 GT X6 doesn't look... M. X6M. That's the best. Like, I mean, the best miniature SUV thing. Oh, wow. I like the styling on it. And its grill is still smaller than the sedans. See, that is... That, is... I mean, is that all that matters? Yeah, because I, I just hate the grills on the front of the current BMW sedan range. You must hate, like, Rolls Royce then. No, no, because their grills are nicely split up. I mean, they're big, but they are split up nicely. I like the, um, you know the old BMW uh, M6? Mm, yeah. I don't think they're still making that, but that was quite a car. It honestly looked a little bit like a 3 Series in some ways. Oh my god, they're still making it. No way. They do? Is it still sold in the US? I doubt it. I think it's probably just going to be Europe only, just like most good cars. But um, they're selling it in... Ah, they're only selling it in four-door, not coupe. That's a shame. Wait, listen, there doesn't seem to be a new one. No, it looks the same as the old one, but I think they're still selling it. Um, I think... Wait a minute. The latest one I can see is the 2019 one. I'm looking at a 2021, not a 2021 one. Yeah, it's a nice looking car. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's good. It looks a little bit like an M8 almost in some ways. I imagine the M8 good. probably replaced it. Mm -hmm. Do you like the M8 much? I actually do. The M8 is very nice. It's nicely proportioned, I'd say. Yeah. The wheels, the bodywork, it, it comes together very well. It's like the old um the old M4. Um, yeah. Way better. The M4 GTS was a terrible car, but the old M4 wasn't bad. Yeah. How old are you thinking? 2010, 2012? Uh, or older? Even like 2019 even. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's quite a nice car. Again, it's just proportioned well. That's something that BMW does very well. Whereas if we look at, say, Mercedes C63, it just looks a bit odd. But I love the specs of the old one. The one that had the V12 and a six-speed manual. Oh, it's glorious. It's such a shame that you can't get V12s in modern saloons. Well, you see... I mean, I guess you can. Bentley can give you one, but... Nobody else. Flying Spur. So, wait, I thought that was V8 exclusive, or is it? Uh, um, I know well, the Mulsanne version or something. 
You're right. And then I think there's that also... might just be the most on. No, no. I, the W12 is probably in the um, Continental and the Flying Spur. I wouldn't be surprised. It's probably the same engine. Yeah, they make a W12. Okay. That's a good deal. $216,000. Well, I guess the question is, would you get an Aston DBS over that? I think I might get, um... I could just get, like, five or... Wait, how much is a DB... It's quite a lot. I Let's it's see. Like 500 or something. It probably is a lot more than the Bentley. Let's see here. Oh, I, I don't want to read the price. Oh, 316000 That's oh. a lot of money. Well, that's better than I thought. Yeah, but when you get actually any sort of spec on it, when you it's not just like the basic model. It's a lot more. After you have airbags and stuff. Exactly. That Bond edition, the one that I love, that is half a I million pounds. That. I know you – is it the wheels that you don't like or is it the grill? Because I love the grill. the grill. Okay, the grill is what I think makes it special because it's like an old Vantage. I like the old Vantages. Why? Well, I think they're good-looking cars. If you look at the old Aston V12 Vantage. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, that was okay, but the grill on that was a little bit smaller. True. I guess maybe those big fins on it don't quite do any favors work. for it. On the V12 uh, Vantage, the bodywork was horrible. No, I think it's alright, except for those taillights. Those taillights are ghastly. But the bodywork itself isn't bad. There's just a bunch of random holes in it. True, but I don't think the profile's bad. I mean, I guess there's probably some air ducting in there. There must be. It can't just be for show. Yeah. Then again, knowing Aston, it might be for show. Instead of the Bentley um, Flying Spur W12, you could get um, five and a half DB9s used. Oh, wow. Wait a minute. Aston Martin DB9. I gotta see this. The older DB9 sell for like forty to 50,000. And if you get it on the lower end, around 40,000, you can probably. And that's a very pretty car as well. You can pretend that it's a different car. You can pretend it's the old DBS, which costs a lot of money. Yeah, it's a V12. DB9 is a V12. Yeah, and that was the same with the DBS as well, so you can even get the same noise as the old DBS. Mm. And if you get, um, you could also get a Vantage for around the same price. Um, Yeah. Maybe a little less. Yeah, I'd like to remind everyone that that DBS was in James Bond, so another reason to buy it. The Bond the old Edition one. one. Oh, I didn't know they made a Bond Edition. Wait a minute. The Bond Edition new one, the one that you liked? Oh, no, I was talking about the older version. Oh. Okay. The one that looks exactly like a DB9. Mm, okay. Anyways. Shall we? DB5. Oh, my God, I was wrong. It costs a lot more. The Aston DBS Bond Edition. Mm-hmm. How much? You ready for the number? Yeah. 700,000 euros. Okay. That's quite a lot. Weirdly, that's not surprising for that car. I know, but it's... At least that usually costs more. It's too much for a DBS. That's double the price of the original. Yeah, ugly stuff normally costs more. 
It's not ugly. I think it looks better than the Gaudi DBS. Bolide or whatever. The Bolide is a good-looking car. It has a bunch of random fins coming off of it. Yeah, but I apparently... Not apparently. Some of it looks to be for aerodynamics. Some of it is not for aerodynamics. If I look at the rear shark fin, that is for aero. Right? The front of it. That is sort of aerodynamic. I watched their walkthrough video on them saying what they think is aerodynamic and what isn't. I don't know. I think... It looks like a F1 car mixed with the Lotus Elise. Yeah. I think the Formula 1 teams would like to disagree that this is the most downforce producing thing ever. I think it's just not that good. Although, again, it, it does look cool. And supposedly this is going to be in a Le Mans sometime soon, so I can't wait to see it. I prefer the Lava Neuer. Yeah. Speaking of Le Mans, Toyota yet again won it. <laughs> no surprises there. Imagine losing to a Camry. Yeah, pretty much. And it is hybrid as well. But the Toyota hypercar does look pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen... Uh, I saw it when it was on their website. Yeah, it's... Out of all the hypercars in the class, it definitely looks better than the... Um, the uh, Peugeot. Is that the... What do you call it one? Uh, I don't know what it's called, but it does not have a rear wing. I thought you'd love that. What, not having a rear wing? Mm-hmm. No, not really. I mean, it's just... It's a bit weird. It... Yeah, it's not for me. That's not bad. It reminds me a little bit of the AMG Project 1. See, that's my problem with it. I don't like the AMG Project 1. Hey, what's wrong with it? Well, I think an F1 car should be on the track and a road car should be on the road. I don't think you should mix them. So you wouldn't like to drive an F1 car on the road? No, I'd like to have... No, I'd like to drive an F1 car on the road, but I wouldn't want to drive an AMG Project 1 on the road because it's so diluted that it's not an F1 car. The point is they've taken off so much... F1 gadgetry, and you don't have as much tire grip as an F1. So, it's just going to be a wheel-spinny mess when you actually like drive DBS. it. Now, it's not that, like the DBS. Although, the DBS can be a wheel-spinny mess, depending on if it's raining or not. Jeremy Clarkson again. Yeah, Jeremy Clarkson would like to say otherwise. <laughs> Anyways, shall we talk about, speaking of rain, shall we talk about the literal joke that is the Belgian Grand Prix? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's not great. It was two laps, three laps, two laps, right? I think it was two laps, yeah. So, for those who don't know it, and for those who didn't watch it, first of all, great job not watching. That's the one race to miss. Um, there was the formation lap, which is starting every race. Uh, essentially, to get formed up for the grid, they take a lap, uh, dries off the circuit if it's raining a bit, all normal. But at the end of that formation lap, uh, there was the big message that popped up on screen, aborted start, which essentially means go to the pit lane and wait. So there's a problem. Now, at one point, I thought, ooh, a car's gone off track. I'll be Lance Stroll. But no, as it turns out, there was too much rain. Um, not entirely sure how there was too much rain and how they didn't plan for it. I think the F1 teams probably could have just lifted the cars up so it was away from the surface and they wouldn't aquaplane. But I don't know. And then we waited for two hours, yep, two hours, uh, for the race to get back underway. And then after two laps under the safety car, uh, there was another hour wait before they gave out the trophies. 
So overall, an absolute joke, I'd say. And they only gave out half points. Exactly. And the reason they did the two laps uh, was for a variety of reasons. There have been some recent things that have come out that have essentially said that the FIA um, asked F1 not to broadcast team radios after a certain point from the FIA to the FIA Emergency Council in France, which is what it was running during the race. Great. F1 stopped broadcasting those radio messages. Then the leader of the FIA came on the radio to Michael Massey and said, do the two laps so you don't have to refund the fans and so that you can give points for the race so that it won't be a political disaster for F1, even though it was a political disaster. It was just, it was very, it was painful to watch because every lap I watched there, I was only two laps, obviously. I knew that, oh, this is simply being done so that they can qualify this as a race and have 21 races this year. I honestly agree with Lewis Hamilton. There should be refunds. Yeah, there should be. And again, as we mentioned earlier, the Porsche Super Cup race that they got for free is not enough. They came to watch F1. It's not consolation. Uh, Yeah. It's just... Not they the um, should be able to. They should be given tickets to another race. Because I mean, money is not exactly a consolation either. I mean, exactly paid for an experience, and they didn't get the experience. So if they got the money back, they still don't get any experience. But I guess the thing is, anyone who lives in Holland, where the next race is going to be, is okay because there's quite a few of the Verstappen fan club that turned up. Uh, for this race in Belgium, because Max was born in Belgium. But anyone who doesn't live there, essentially, has to make the trek out to Holland, which is out of the way for those who are um, living in certain parts of Europe. So it's then it gets complicated, because then you're saying, oh, well, then where are they going to go for the next race? I don't know. Oh, they should just add like, an extra race at the end of the year. Well, you'll never believe what race they've just added back. Canada? Uh, no, no. Much crazier. The U.S. Grand Prix. Is it that the one in Miami? No, no. Uh, again, that track is apparently not ready yet, even though we've seen the renders and apparently they've built most of it. Very confusing. No, they were still going back to Coda, Circuit of the Americas. I mean, it's an okay track, and it's... I mean, it's just in the middle of the desert, isn't it? It's not a great venue. Well, the problem with the with the FIA when they plan races in the U.S., they just tend to show off the areas of the U.S. that yeah. Well, people from the U.S. don't really want like I don't know, like Europeans to see. Yeah, exactly. Put like a race Miami or Dallas. They should put a race in like New York yeah. or something. Putting a race in um, Dallas was just so stupid. I mean. No one actually was going to tune in to watch that race. And anyone from Dallas who was going to watch that race was going to have quite a time of it because there was no bleachers to watch it on. It's just so dumb. Um, I agree with you on the New York race, but I think shutting the streets down would be a little hard. But then again, if they could... parades there or something? Yeah, but I think they'd have to shut down quite a few miles of streets because... There aren't many corners in New York, so it'd probably just be a couple flat-out blasts with a long hairpin. What about, what's it called? Um, I'd go for a Boston Grand Prix. That'd be great. What about uh, Watkins Glen? 
that's a nice track, but they just lost their F1 rating. They're now grade two, not grade one. Hmm. Some sort of a crash happened there or something, and they just lost it, so that's a shame for them. Um, Isn't there an Oregon IndyCar track? Oh, yeah. Uh, the Portland International Raceway. Okay, so I bet you, with about a million dollars of investment, they could get to grade one licensing, and then they could host an F1 race there. I think that'd be a nice venue. Have you ever been to that track? No. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> I guess where would you, in the U.S. Where would you put a race? Obviously, New York. You said, but uh, New York or yeah. like the New England area. Yeah, I think somewhere in the east. Just the farther west you go, the far. Uh, I don't know. I mean, a Los Angeles Grand Prix would just not feel right. There'd be a bunch of, like, um, people who are, like, against it because, like... Yeah, so many protesters. And all the Tesla fans will be out in droves. That'd be just awful. Yeah, all the Tesla employees as well. They'd just be unhappy. Yeah. It's not an electric car race. I mean... Exactly. Formula E might work. Formula E might work. But even then, they might say the electric motors are too loud for the city. Maybe. Maybe. Awkward pause. Let's continue. Uh, Shall we talk about Michael Massey, the race director? Sure. The guy who literally directed the disaster that is the Belgian Grand Prix? I mean, I'd move straight to literally just fire him. What do you say? Who is the person predicting weather? Uh, They've got a weatherman who supposedly said there was a break in the rain in the middle of that wait. So supposedly, the plan was, we wait an hour. Then after that, we go and we get a great race. And there's going to be crashes, and there's going to be drama, and that was what was supposed to happen. But apparently, no. Uh, The weatherman was quite wrong. It was just rained consistently all night long. And by the way, it was Monday yesterday, uh, for those who don't know, and in Belgium, it still rained. So there couldn't have been a Monday Grand Prix. Okay. Anyways, I think Massey should be fired because he's um, it's just been quite a few mismanagements. And remember in Turkey last year where they had a tractor on the track while there was racing oh, yeah. going on? The one that was seen on the McLaren camera. Yeah, exactly. And... um. I mean, imagine, what if someone spun off and got stuck in it? That'd be awful. It'd be like Joel Fiat 2.0. Yeah. I was going to say, it's not what happened then. Exactly. And there's been other issues, too. I mean, remember when they had that dog on the track in Bahrain? Oh, yeah. And there's a groundhog somewhere. Exactly. It was the groundhog issue. Then there's been all the facts and all the times where he hasn't caught a called a red flag for a race when there's obviously no way anyone can race past it. I can think of Azerbaijan this year. I can think, um, what else was there? There was Silverstone, there was a late red flag, and there was also a really late red flag after the qualifying crash that happened with Norris. Which, speaking of that qualifying crash, um, he tried to do what, uh, who was it? It was Jack Villeneuve tried to do. He tried to take Eau Rouge flat out in the wet. And, of course, he crashed. Wouldn't that make him the third person crash? That's three people trying to do that who've crashed. It's not smart. Come on. 
I mean, you must do you just stop doing that? We have to stop trying this, especially in the rain. It's not safe, and it's not going to go anywhere. Do you I think mean, if he you did it and then dry? It'd be fine. Yeah, exactly. People do that all the time, but in the wet, it's just no. Do you think that um he would have gotten pulled if he hadn't crashed? Oh, no doubt. Yeah, I think. Obviously, um, George Russell was strong throughout all of qualifying, but mm-hmm. I just don't think he'd be faster than the McLaren. Yeah, the McLaren's just a faster car. And then Red Bull had the flexi wing back on this weekend because they were able to get it legal again, and essentially they became the fastest car in F1 again. I mean, essentially what happened was Mercedes tried to ban one of their biggest pieces of tech. Uh, it completely backfired, and now Red Bull has it fully legalized for the rest of the season. And I think we're going to see a Red Bull race win next weekend. Okay. Well, I mean, what do you think? It's a high downforce track. I mean, I think that no matter what, Red Bull should be winning. Dutch they GP, win. Max Verstappen, Red Bull is a car that's favored there. I think it would be a very easy bet to say that they're probably going to win. Unless something ridiculous happened and Kimmy wins in the Alpha. That nah, that couldn't happen. Unlikely. It's highly unlikely. So we should talk about um Lewis's and the issue or Lewis's contract and all the issues with um the George Russell seat. Well, I mean, there's really only the two things that can happen. George gets it or he doesn't. No, George gets it no matter what. Let's be He's... fair. It's whether I mean, Lewis I... stays or Bottas stays. Actually, there's a third option. Neither of them stay. I think it's very possible that they both get the boot if Hamilton doesn't play ball. Because Bottas is no good at this point. He's proven that he's completely disastrous in the wet, and his qualifying deficit to Hamilton is still alarming. So I don't think it's there's any reason to keep him. I mean, Hamilton, Hamilton just needs to like be fine with, with working with Russell. He needs to be honest with himself and realize that it's very possible that he does not win the championship next year. If either Red Bull has the faster car, or if Mercedes has the faster car and George wins it, that's a possibility if he goes to the Mercedes seat. And if he's not willing to come to terms with that, he's not staying. Yeah, well, I mean, they might value him more than Russell. True. I guess monetarily, Hamilton's contract is worth a lot more than Russell's. But even still, Russell's for the first time in his entire F1 career is going to be getting paid over a million dollars a year. Which is pretty crazy to think about, the fact that he hasn't been paid that yet. I mean, they might not be willing to pay him that. Oh, come on. Wait a minute. That would mean that he's not in the top three bracket of people, or highest paid people in um, the team. That'd be crazy. company car. Yeah. No, I mean, he already has a Mercedes company car, doesn't he? He's got the awful C63 AMG. Yeah, now he'd get, like, an S-Class or a Maybach or something. I think Hamilton probably has a Maybach. He said he's not going to sell it, even if the eco-freaks come after him. 
Doesn't he have a tie can as well? He does, yeah. The Daily Mail spotted that. That's a good spot for them. To be fair, they probably just sit in their office building. And yeah, exactly. And zoom lens. I mean, it's, it's quite something they've got going there. They're not really a reliable news source or anything, but they can get great pictures of F1 drivers in cars they're not supposed to be in. Well, is he really not supposed to be in that, though? Well, if Porsche trying to make an entry to F1 in a couple of years, I mean, I don't think he should be in it. I mean, everybody loves Porsches. True. I mean, I guess he just can't deny that he's a Porsche fan anymore. Everybody is, let's be fair. Yeah, at heart, everyone's a Porsche fan. Alright, so, um, where do you think Bottas is going to go, then? I believe uh, Wolf said that he would find Bottas a new team. Right, but that could be in F1 or not in F1. Do you think he's staying in F1? Where would he go in F1? Would he just replace where Russell was? Yeah, but I think that'd be too simple because once George leaves, Nicholas Latifi's gone because he's just not. There's no way they're keeping him. Uh, if Latifi's gone, that means there's two seats free at Williams. They could take Bottas if they really wanted to. Yeah, but I don't think Bottas would want it. That'd be going back to where he came from, like. Exactly. There's also going to be two free seats at Alfa Romeo. Or we can, we're going to assume that there's two free seats at Alfa Romeo. So that's four seats open at the lower end of the grid. Who do you think takes the spots? Maybe Mick at um, Alpha. I think they have to get him into that team. Well, yeah, because F1 yeah. probably doesn't want him. So that means that there's going to be then one free seat at Haas. Who gets that seat? Um... My personal bet is Sergei Sorotkin. I think he's quite likely to get that. Him or Robert Schwartzman? Yeah, Robert Schwartzman, maybe, because Robert Schwartzman deserves an F1 seat. Exactly. I wouldn't be surprised if Eilat came in and took the second seat at Alfa Romeo because of uh, he's made some interesting announcements recently, essentially hinting at an Alfa seat. Um, And then that leaves two seats free at Williams, which would be... Oh, wait a minute. Who do you think would take that? Obviously, Dan Tictum's just lost everything because of his interesting remarks in the media, so he can't take that seat. Who else takes it, then? Um, who's really in a place to take it? There's no Mercedes Juniors to take it. At well, least I don't Robert think so. Sportsman. Right, but we put him at Haas. Yeah, we could do Nick DeVries, maybe. That'd be his first time on an F1 car on the grid. Or Jack Aitken. Jack Aitken has tested for them. And he did drive one of the races last year. That's a good point. He did. And then maybe a, um, a female driver. Williams is one of the first teams to have a couple women in their academy. So who is there? That's good. Hasn't there only been like five women drivers in F1? Yeah, and they've all been in test roles. No one's actually uh, given them a full-time seat. There's uh, there's one of them. Wait a minute. She's in the W Series, and Williams has her contract. I'll have to find her. Wait a minute. Who else do you think should have the seat? Maybe Grosjean can get back in the game. That could be it. But do you think he'd take a Williams seat? Maybe Marcus Erickson might. 
I mean, do you think he'd leave his cushy IndyCar job for... You're right, he probably would. I think it's a risk he'd probably take. Mm-hmm. I mean, he sat in so many useless Saubers for so many years. To get into a car that actually has a chance of nabbing points, I think he'd probably take the risk. Yeah. So that's that then. So we've got George Russell and... Do we put Lewis Hamilton at Mercedes next year? Mm. Yeah, I think it's fair. All right, so we got Russell and Hamilton at Mercedes. This is our predictions. We can review these in a couple months' time when the F1 season starts. Yeah. Russell, Hamilton at Mercedes, Perez and Verstappen at Red Bull, unless Perez gets dropped for some reason. But I can't imagine they would drop him. I mean, I don't know. I mean, he'd have to have, like, five DNFs because of crashes in a row. Actually, I think he'd need more than that. Because, I mean, I feel like Verstappen did that last year. No, no, no. I mean, like, crashes that he could have avoided. You know, like, idiot, or yeah. one three hits another person. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a... a ch- I mean... The problem is that all these drivers, they'll go to a good team, and then they'll stop driving as well as they used to. It's a good point. What happens if George Russell bombs when he's in the Mercedes? I have no idea. Like, what, what would they do? Like, would they just send him back? They can't exactly do that. No, and I don't think Williams would be best pleased to have a driver who they thought was good and then actually not quite so good. But, um... This kind of reminds me of the Gasly situation. Oh, yes. He was, he was very good at um, AlphaTauri. Then he went to Red Bull. He wasn't so good, so they sent him back to AlphaTauri. Then he won a race. But that was because Red Bull owns AlphaTauri, so it doesn't yeah. matter. They had a second team where they could throw a driver. Mercedes can really just throw a driver wherever they want on the grid. But they can't throw one in Williams anymore because... The German guy who runs it now, Jos Capito, has said that they will not act as the Mercedes feeder team. Essentially, isn't that their job? No, no, no. They'd like to stay independent now from them. But I don't know. Maybe they can make some sort of behind-the-back money deal or stock deal. Yeah. I guess they could toss a driver at Aston Martin and throw away Stroll. But then again, I don't think he's going anywhere until he's 50 years old. They can't throw away Stroll. They as long as his dad's better. alive, he's never leaving that team. Even offer. I mean, he's, he's still going to own that team. It'll probably be part of his inheritance or something. That's a good point. He could literally be at that team until he dies. Or maybe until he wins a world championship. Wouldn't that be ridiculous? Lance Stroll wins the world championship? I don't think it'd be that ridiculous. Like, I mean, at some point... Like, I mean, not now, but he had some promise at some point. Early on. Like, when he was at the Ferrari Academy. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think everyone has a bit of promise when they're at the Ferrari Academy. I, I think that's how that works. You have yeah, to pretty have much. to join the Ferrari Drivers Academy. Exactly. All right, shall we get into planes? Is there anything new? There's quite a lot of new things. First of all, I'd like to say that I flew home on an A321neo, and I'm okay with it. Uh, actually, not a bad plane. Okay. 
uh, and then actually something much bigger, A350, the Airbus A350, has some issues, uh, alarm bells, alarm bells. So as it turns out, right, Airbus A350, we chatted with Amar about this, and we pretty much all agreed it's probably the best new plane on the market, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's having fuselage thickness issues. Uh, for those who don't know what that means, essentially, the fuselage is degrading very quickly. Uh, and what, do that, what does that mean? The side of the plane, you know, the big thing that you sit inside of, is um, it's wearing away very quickly uh, at an alarming rate. Essentially, it means that it could combust midair, which is not good, as you can imagine. So Airbus is doing an investigation and covering everything they can, essentially saying, no, no, it's a paint issue. It's a paint issue. But um, guess which airline is having this issue with their planes? Um, I don't know. Take a guess. Any guess. Southwest. Nope. It's Qatar. And Qatar has a reason to be angry at Airbus because Airbus sold them all these A380s, which didn't make them any money at all, and uh, essentially sold them as this is the plane of the future. Obviously, it isn't. Um, and Airbus A350 or A380 has not done well at this point. But, you know, they wasted a ton of money on that plane. So now the new plane of the future, I say in quotation marks, Airbus A350, that Airbus also sold them, is having even more problems. And their CEO is very angry, as you can imagine. Don't they have a new Gulfstream D700? Who, Qatar? Yeah. I'll have to look this up. Uh, geez, that's the biggest one, right? The biggest Gulfstream? I think so. Yeah, it looks nicely proportioned. Let's see here. Oh, oh, wow. Oh, that's a very pretty plane. And with their livery on it, it doesn't look half bad either. Yeah. So, say that they get 20 orders for those from Qatar. That essentially saves Gulfstream. Well, that makes sense, because aren't each one of those, like, over, like, $80 million? I think it's close to that. Yeah, it's quite a lot of money. And if we remember correctly, Gulfstream was not doing great financially recently. They had some issues in the pandemic, just like pretty much every company. But theirs were very public, because, you know, they're a private jet company. And what's the first thing to go off the order list? A private jet in the pandemic. So... It's a shame for them because they lost quite a lot of money. And to but, be fair, a private jet's a bit more useful than fancy art. It's true, yeah. You can get a lot more done with a private jet. But speaking of private jets, another person's bought a 747 private jet. Okay. Yeah, it's crazy. So it's another person, another private owner. We don't know who, we don't know where he or she is from. But they deposited $400 million for the basic plane itself. And they've just gone and had Boeing send it to an enhancement facility where they're going to add more fuel tanks and a variety of interior upgrades. Okay, who has that kind of money, though? I mean, that's just dispensable income. That's ridiculous. It's far too much money. Who I mean, has could, that much money, though? You could start an airline for that much money and make a profit. Or maybe not make a profit, but get close to making a profit, at least. Maybe not get close to making a profit, but, you know, do okay. You know what I mean. Well, I mean, actually, you could break a profit, like... I mean, if, if it was a... smaller planes. Or maybe a budget airline. I know the margins there are razor thin, but still, you could probably make some money with that. 
Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, interesting uh, thing. Uh, Alitalia, the Italian main airline, uh, you know, big airline in Italian, uh, Italy, is shutting down as well. So that's quite sad for people who flew on that. But um, it's an odd one because apparently they've been in dire straits financially for quite a while, even before the pandemic. And now it's just all being compounded. And they do not have any money. Yeah. It's tough for them. I mean, it's it's a nice looking airplane livery, not awful. I mean, now if you want it, I think it'd be free, wouldn't it? It would be. Uh that's something to look into. We should look into how much we could lease one of their planes for. Probably not a ton. Not that could the be interesting. Plane, the livery. Oh, the livery itself. Yeah. You could just you could just take that, can you? Yeah, you probably yeah. could now. Just register it. But speaking of leasing planes, I wonder what that would do for our tax write-up. We don't pay taxes. Well, no, not yet. But imagine if we started getting income from this podcast, right? We'd have to start doing some taxes. Well, yeah, we probably also have to create like a LLC or something. It's a good point. So maybe we'll have to start doing it uh, that. So imagine we get thirty cents a week from Anchor, which is probably how much you'd be able to get. 10% income tax in this state, right? Or There's is it no more? Income, sta- income tax in this state. Right, probably okay. some different corporate kind of taxes. Huh. I think of the wrong thing. That Oh, no, it's sales tax. We've got 10% sales tax here. That's the issue. Yeah, but we're not selling anything. It's a good point. And we're not buying anything either, so we're good on that. And also, our company would be in such a low tax bracket that we wouldn't have to pay anything. Yeah, but if we ended up buying that Alitalia plane that's dirt cheap, I imagine our taxes would go quite up, quite far up. Their planes probably aren't dirt cheap. If anything, they're probably expensive because they need to pay back debt. Yeah, but no, the airline's shutting down. They've got a shutdown date. Mm-hmm. So it can't be that expensive now. I think if they're offloading any assets, they'd just be desperate to do it. So why not throw mm-hmm. it out? Uh, you know, as quickly as possible. Yeah, I don't think on thirty cents a week. I don't think we're gonna get that. Yeah, maybe not. But I don't think they're haggling or anything for price. There's no way they're doing that. Anyways, um, that's pretty much it from my side of planes. What have you got to talk about on planes? Nothing really. All right then. Uh, what else have we got to talk about then? All right, then. In that case, everybody, we're back. Uh, Rashad, we'll be doing a podcast next week. Hopefully, yes. Yeah, probably because of the next Grand Prix. Yeah, we're probably going to have to. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Well, we'll be seeing you hopefully next week then. And, um, yeah, that's it. Thanks, you guys. Thank you. Goodbye.